In Genesis chapter 22, verse 1, Timeless Testaments is our series that we're in, covering the major stories of Scripture through the Old Testament uh, and how we can see Jesus Christ through the entire Bible. And this morning we are on the story of Abraham, and this morning's message is called Revealing Faith. Revealing Faith. There's a, a poem I read before we open this morning, and it says this, And doubt sees the obstacles, faith sees the way. Doubt sees the darkest night, and faith sees the day. Doubt dreads to take a step, faith soars on high. Doubt questions who believes, but faith answers I. We're talking about faith today, and the Christian journey is a story of faith. It's a journey of faith, your journey and my journey, uh, but it's a journey. And it's a journey of imperfect people trusting a perfect God. And this perfect God patiently endures all of us in our uh, mistakes and all of our failures and all of our little quirks. He endures all of that to reveal His glory through your life and through my life. And that's an awesome thing. And God glorifies His Son through us. His, that's His number one thing is to glorify His Son and show His redemptive love through imperfect people like you and like me. And the narrative of God's story, though, is the only one that's going to last through all eternity. No one uh, 50 years from now, except through my grandchildren, will probably remember me in Gina, Louisiana. Uh, many people, I don't even know my great, 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 great grandfather. I don't know about you, but I don't know that person. I don't have a relation, didn't have a relationship with that person. And that story and that person, it's kind of sad, is lost to me. Uh, I don't know all their stories, and I only know my immediate family. But God's story through Jesus Christ is going to last forever. It's the most important story. But here's the cool part. God wants you and me to be a part of His story that lasts throughout eternity. Uh, and the question is today, do you want to be busy writing God's story or your own? Uh, do we, are we sometimes so busy writing our own story that we're missing out that God's story wants to be written in your life and today, you and I have this choice, that we can leave sin for something better. We can overcome long seasons of doubt and desperation and impatience and worry and regret and, and de defeat. We can leave all that behind and trust the Word of God today. And you and I today have the opportunity to leave a legacy that changes the world for Jesus Christ. If you want to be on that journey with me today, somebody say amen. 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 This is the story this morning of Abraham. He didn't just have saving faith. But he had failures of faith, and he revealed his faith through Jesus Christ. That's the three things we're talking about today. Saving faith, failures of faith, and revealing faith. Uh, but let's talk about saving faith. I'm going to catch us up with the beginning of Abraham's life, and then we'll get to our text in a moment. But saving faith, what is it? Uh, we find ourselves in Genesis chapter 12, and God chooses a 75-year-old man who's childless, who lives in a pagan country and doesn't really know God. And he calls Abraham, his name is Abram, but we'll just call him Abraham for today because that's what his name gets to turn to. He calls Abraham uh, by his grace. Abraham did nothing to deserve being chosen, but God in his grace chooses Abraham. And he speaks to Abraham and he tells Abraham, I'm going to bless you and make your name great. I'm going to bless your descendants. You're going to become a great nation and bless those who bless you. And through you, uh, your descendants are going to bless the world. 
And Abraham, not having a good time, really, he's in the middle of a journey that they kind of got stuck halfway through. He's got no kids. He's 75 years old. And in a culture like Abraham's, man, that's kind of some shameful stuff. He doesn't really have much. And so he hears this God, who he doesn't know, speak to him, and he believes in this grace. He believes in this grace that this God is willing to give him and this blessing. And he begins to believe in this promise. And by faith, he begins this journey. And it's the same journey that you and I have the opportunity to be a part of today. And God said, Abraham, if you'll just follow my voice, if you'll just listen to my word and go, I'll bless you. And so Abraham believes. In Genesis chapter 15, verse 6 says, Abraham believed the Lord and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. That word righteous means that he uh, put away the guilt of Abraham's life and considered him as innocent. That because he believed in the word of the promise, because he believed the voice of God, because he trusted in the grace of God by faith, God said, because of your faith, trusting in my grace, I am going to consider you as if you've never sinned. Isn't that good news? That's good news. And so what is this faith? What is this faith that Abraham had? There's two things I want to tell you about faith today. Number one, it's trust. What is saving faith? The first part is trust. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Faith is the confidence of what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us the assurance, uh, the expectation of things that we cannot see. So number one, saving faith is trust. It's trusting in this promise. It's trusting in this word of God that the grace of God is for us and not against us. And so I believe in the word of God. I believe that God has grace for me and I trust him. And number two, it's uh, action. Saving faith is actions. James chapter 2, verse 17 tells us that unless it produces good deeds, it's dead. Unless it produces something, it's dead. So it's trust and it's action. That's saving faith. Or we put it together and say this way. Saving faith is a working trust in God. You can write that down. Saving faith is a working trust in God. It doesn't ever leave. It always is there. And it may never be perfect. And it may start small, but it's always working. It's always moving. It's always believing in God. And it may go up and down. But saving faith, like Abraham, starts with a working trust with God. Think about this. Abraham uh, was young in the Lord. He didn't know this God. I mean, number one, you have a voice come talk to you in the middle of the night and tell you, hey, leave all your family behind and all your belongings and just start walking down the highway 84 and just tell your wife, hey, we're leaving somebody's going to be thinking you're not right in the head, right? They're going to be thinking, he's like, I don't know this God. I've never met this guy before. And the same is true. When you become a Christian, you may not have it all figured out. You may not know all the Bible verses. You may not know what God likes and dislikes. But a saving faith is simply trusting that God is on your side, that he has grace for you, that he has a promise for you. If you're with me this morning, somebody say amen. Amen. His faith was young, but it was radical. And that's what takes saving faith. It has to be a trust and believing the promise that motivates you to make an action in your life. He doesn't know God, but he believes in the hope God offers. And because he believed enough to obey, God made him righteous. If I really told John Smith, John Smith, there is a million dollars in this uh, cabinet right here. And if he could believe it all day, want, all day he wants, but if he actually opens the lid up, it tells me he really believed what I said, right? If he heard what I said and then just went on about his day, I would assume 
John didn't really believe me. That's a good thing because there's not, right? Uh, so trusting in the promise of God is that way. His faith was young, but it was radical. He believed enough to obey, and God makes him righteous. And the same is for you and I today. Ephesians 2, verse 8 says, For it's by grace you've been saved through faith. It's not something of your own doing. It's a gift of God. It's not the result of your works. Uh, it's so that no one may boast. One pastor says it this way. He says that grace chooses you, but your faith will qualify you. God's grace chooses you, but your faith will qualify you. God says it this way. God loves the whole world. He chooses the whole world. He, he willfully would elect the whole world. But all of us in this room and everyone that hears this message are going to be guilty of sin. And it says that we're without righteousness. And without righteousness, we can't be saved. So to be saved, to inherit the promise, Abraham had to have righteousness. For you to inherit all the promises that are in Scripture, you've got to have righteousness. But you can't. There's no way any person in this room can ever attain righteousness or holiness. doesn't matter what you wear, what you do, what you say, how often you go to church, how many times you read your Bible. Uh, uh, there's nothing you can do. Abraham could never deserve the promise. And it was God's grace, though. It was God's grace that was for him. And so Abraham... Uh, didn't earn this. He didn't earn it by right living. He hadn't done anything for God before. He simply believed in the grace of God and took action by it. And for you today and for I today to have righteousness and be saved, it's simply this, that do you believe in the undeserved promise of God through Jesus Christ? Do you believe that you can't earn it? Do you believe that it's for you and God has a plan for you and he died for you? And so what happens to Abraham is he believed it and then he changed his whole life to receive it. A true Christian will change their whole life to receive it. You can't earn it. But you can change your whole life to receive it. If you believe this, if you believe in Jesus Christ, that he died for you, that he rose from the grave, that he has a plan for you, that he wants to be with you for eternity, that he saved you by his own blood. If you believe that, you can't do anything to receive it, but set believe it. And God's grace is for you. But then you begin to change your life to receive it. He left his old life and started a journey of faith. Galatians 3.26 says, You can be a child of God by faith through Jesus Christ. Grace is calling you today on a journey of faith. And it's taken you to a land of profound blessing, just like Abraham. It's a place that you have never seen before. A place with streets of gold where myriads and myriads of angels abound, where there is peace forevermore, joy everlasting. Every day it is never dark. There is no more weeping, nor tears, nor crying, nor pain. You've never been there. You've never experienced it before. But the way to get there is a journey of faith that you believe in the promise of God. How many believe in the promise of God to start this journey? Amen? That's saving faith. Let's talk about the next part, though. But what happens if I make a mistake? You know what? I have made tons of mistakes in my life. Just ask my wife, right? Uh, tons of mistakes. I've grown up in church my whole life. Um, I was that good, quiet, shy kid. But I've found out real quickly as I get closer to God that I am a horrible person. I don't know about you. But I found real quickly that my attitude's not great. I don't think always right. I don't say always right. Quite often, I don't feel always right. Uh, and so I know that if this was all on me, if it was on my works to get myself on this journey, I would utterly fail. 
I can never be holy enough. I can never be good enough because I've learned real quick, it doesn't matter how much I look the part of Pastor Heath, sometimes on the inside, I'm not the good Pastor Heath I ought to be, right? I'm not the good husband I ought to be. I'm not the father sometimes I ought to be. Uh, I'm not the citizen sometimes I ought to be because I like going five miles over the speed limit. Just That's just how I was raised, right? Just blame it on somebody else. That's what they did in the Bible, right? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't always do right, think right, feel right. And so what happens is a Christian, I say, God, I believe in saving faith. I believe that I'm going to have a working faith. And Lord, I, I'm trusting this is what your word says. And I'm going to just start walking. And I know I can't earn it. And I know I can't be holy enough uh, by my efforts. But God, I'm just trusting, Lord, you're going to help get me there. Right? I mean, anybody, simple people like me. That's all I'm trying to get through this life to get there. Right? And so I make mistakes. And I know probably some of you in here make mistakes. Uh, I know some of you are really perfect, but that's okay. Um, The Christian life is not easy. In fact, it's harder than any other life in the world. But faith is what? A working trust in God, okay? Saving faith is a working trust in God. Think of this. It took a long time for Abraham to get there. In fact, Abraham, we call him the father of faith, but this guy was full of mistakes. In fact, his family was quite dysfunctional. Uh, Maybe it's like yours, right? Uh, This guy never saw the full promise of God. In fact, he lived with cultural shame most of his whole life. He never had hardly any, it took him decades to have a child, and he never owned any property to pass on to his descendants except for a tomb for his wife. Uh, This guy didn't have it all, didn't didn't really have it all together for many years, but God is gracious. And let me tell you some of the stories of Abraham's failures of faith. He never had... Never completely lost it all, but he had some failures along the way. The first off is three times, three times this father of faith, this great man of faith who had saving faith to leave everything and go for God's promise, believing in the grace of God. Uh, Three times he was in danger of completely losing it. Twice, two times in his life that he gave his wife over to a king because as he traveled through the uh, journey of faith, he came to places in his life where he began to fear men and fear they would take his life because his wife was beautiful and they would kill him to have her. And so he just went ahead and gave them to her as his sister twice. Two times he risked not having the promise of God through his wife that it had his wife born one of these other men's babies who would know if it was Abraham's child or not. The whole plan of God would have been screwed up for his descendants and his inheritance. And so, but two times God had to redeem it and God brought his wife back, saved his marriage two times. Uh, A third time resulted because him and his wife, 10 years into this journey of faith, 10 years after leaving their family and moving to an unknown land called Canaan, the future home of Israel, they moved there and Sarah, uh, her name was Sarah, I had changed to Sarah, but Sarah, uh, man, she's living with depression, she's living with uh, peer pressure. She's living with uh, just the, uh, no doubt, the discouragement. She's barren for having children. Uh, she's up in age now. And that was the thing, man, as, if, as a lady, you had to have children. Your identity was in uh, having children for your husband and producing a, a line of fam- a big family. She had none. So 10 years of this, we're trusting God for descendants. We're trusting God for a child. 10 years in, not seeing nothing. She finally comes to the sin that is coming in our life and the depression that's mulling over in her head every day and the shame that she's living with. And she talks her husband into uh, being with her servant, Hagar. 
And in his ignorance, he agrees to it, thinking maybe if we take this thing on our own, uh, we'll go ahead and help God out a little bit on his plan. I don't know if you've ever done that before. Try to help God out sometimes. What happens? We make it complicated. Man, his life got real complicated after that. Uh, You got a a kid by another woman. They're living all in your house. I mean, that right there is a daytime TV talk show, right? 86 years old. The guy has a son with another woman. They all live in the same house. And let me just tell you, their marriage didn't go so well. Uh, You know, I think that's just common sense right there for most people. But you know what? Uh, Sin doesn't always work that way. We don't think right. We don't feel right. And when all the pressure of life comes in our, uh, our, our, our minds and our hearts... Man, the plan of God just kind of goes out the window. And like, sometimes you're going to go through things in your life. Your bills are not going to be able to be paid. Or your body's not going to feel good. Your marriage is not going to be where it ought to be. And man, in that moment, you're just thinking, I've got to do something to make a change in my life. We've got to do something right now. And you, what happens? We don't pray. We don't ask God. We stop believing in the promise of God. And then we begin to make all kinds of decisions without including Him in our plans, right? So impatience led to a complicated life. Doubt, 13 years goes by. This great father of faith, 13 years goes by. 10 years they've been there. Nothing happened. God, they messed up. They had a kid with somebody else. 13 years goes by, and God comes to them, uh, and he visits them, him and two angels disguised as men, and they prophesy that, hey, and finally, Abraham, finally, uh, this is going to happen. In one year, you're going to have a child. And they both laugh at him. Sarah laughs, Abraham doubts in his heart, he laughs, uh, and they doubt it, and God chastised, gets on to him because of doubt. So we've got fear, impatience, and doubt. But God was good. And are you so glad that when we have problems in our life, God is still good? His plan is still certain. He still wants to use you. God could have been done with them. God could have said, you know what? Fine, if you're going to screw this up this bad, you're going to keep making me come down here and encourage you because multiple times God had to come encourage Abraham. And now 25 years has gone by and God has still shown himself good. And that's so awesome of our Father that no matter what goes in our life, fear, impatience, and doubt, we've made mistakes, we've messed it up, God keeps coming on uh, and onto our side. And one author says it this way. He says, faith is not believing that God can, but that God will. Faith is not believing just that God can, but that God will. And God would give them Isaac and the whole nation of Israel would ultimately come through Isaac, including one very important person named Jesus Christ. God had a plan, and he was going to have it come to, come to pass. Maybe today you have gotten yourself in some trouble. Uh, maybe today you've grown impatient with God's plan. Uh, maybe today you've done life your own way some, and it made a really complicated season in your life. Uh, you made some mistakes. Maybe you've even doubted God's word. Maybe it's not just today, but in the past. And maybe, maybe there's things in your past that you're maybe doing okay today, but there's things in your past you look back and you say, ooh, that was not a good period of my life. It wasn't very pretty. It didn't make a lot of sense. It was really, uh, if you were going to draw a, a map of it, it would go like this and be squiggly everywhere, right? Uh, maybe some of you have been going in circles for a while, like we often do. Uh, but here's the thing. God has not given up on you, so don't give up on Him. Isn't that good? God has not given up on you, so don't give up on Him. Abraham, in this season of waiting, man, his faith was not monumental. He doubted. He grew impatient. He made mistakes. But he never lost his saving faith. 
in pastoring for uh, you know almost the last decade now, I've noticed sometimes we get into these seasons where we have faith in God, we believe He's there, but man, when we make mistakes, we we go back to this thing of I don't know if I'm saved anymore. I'm not saved. I I don't feel God. I don't know where He is. Well, the the question is not so much are you not saved anymore. I think that's a very valid question. But is your faith working in trusting God? Are you continuing to trust in God? Because Abraham never lost the saving faith throughout this whole journey. But he often had failures of faith. And the question for you today maybe is that you've been doubting your salvation. Maybe you've been going in circles. Maybe your life has been a squiggly line of complications. But saving faith is a working trust in God. It's a growing trust. It's a learning curve. God is gracious because, number one, He never called you because you were perfect. He never called you because He thought you could make it to heaven on your own. He never called you because He thought you were all that. He called you because even though you were imperfect, He loved you. And even though He knew you would make mistakes, He still called you anyway. That's the awesome love of our God. But what you and I have to learn to do today is keep on trusting Him. Because if a guy loves me this much, if my Father in heaven loves me this much... How can I not fully give him everything I have? How can I not give him over all my mistakes and all my doubts and all my insecurities and all my imperfections and say, God, I don't understand it. I often make a fool of it. But Lord, I'm here. I want to keep walking on this journey of faith. How many people want to keep walking this morning? Amen. And we have an awesome God that we can come to him like the father did in Mark chapter 9, verse 24, and say, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief, right? Warren Wisby, a famous pastor, he said this. He said, if we do one thing God tells us to do, he will reveal the next step when the right time comes. And maybe today you're just not knowing what that next step is. And maybe the right time hasn't come, but keep trusting in God. Amen? Amen. Let's look at revealing faith. So we've got saving faith. Sometimes we make failures and mistakes of faith. But God has got a plan. And he wants you to have not just saving faith, and so many people stay right there at saving faith, or they lose faith because they've had failures of faith, but that's not the point. God is wanting to do something and reveal some things in your faith. Are you ready this morning? Somebody say amen. Genesis chapter 22, verse 1. Let's read this story for a second. Abraham's faith has grown. Now, it's 25 years later after this first call. Man, the guy's made some mistakes. 25 years has gone by trying to figure God out. And now he's finally understood after 25 years that faith does not always offer some explanations. But nevertheless, God is always good, and his will and his word are always sure. Genesis chapter 21, uh, let's look at verses 1 through 13. Now it came after these things. God tested Abraham, and he said to him, Abraham, he said, here am I. And he said, now take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah. And offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I'll tell you. Note that, that he was going to tell him. He didn't know where it was, but he's going to tell him. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. And he split wood for the burnt offering. And he arose and he went to the place which God had told him. And on the third day, Abraham raised his eyes and saw the place from a distance. And Abraham said to his young men, those two servants, Stay here with the donkey and I I and the lad will go over there and we will worship and return to you. Abraham took the word of the burnt offering, laid it upon Isaac, his son, and he took his, in his hand the fire and the knife, and the two of them walked on together. I love that. The two of them walked on together. 
And Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father, he said, Here I am, my son. And he said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, God will provide himself the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. So the two of them walked on together. There it is again. And they came to the place which God had told him, and Abraham built the altar there, arranged the wood. He bound his son Isaac. He laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and he took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. And he said, Do not stretch out your hand against the lad and do nothing to him, for I know now that you fear the Lord God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham raised his eyes and looked, and behold, and behind him a ram was caught in the thicket by his thorns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him for a burnt offering in the place of his son. And Scripture goes on to say that that day Abraham knew that the Lord was Jehovah-Jireh, the Lord who provides. Abraham learned that day after 25 years of mistakes and failures and working on his faith, he learned that the God of heaven, the Lord who called him by grace, always provides. But look at this. What is going on in this? Because one, you could look at this as a, like, what in the world, God? Who would ever ask to kill your son today? And honestly, if someone came into my office today and said, hey, Pastor Heath, I just want you to know I really prayed about it and God wants me to kill my child this evening. And that maybe already sometimes does happen. People feel like it. But if you were serious with me, I'm probably going to call the sheriff and invite him to come sit with us, right? Because God doesn't do those things, right? That's what we say. God doesn't ever do those things. But here in this moment, God did. God asked a guy to literally kill his son, right? And we think, well, that was then. But no, seriously, this was a real person, and he really was going to do it. And so God, though, is not tempting him. Satan and sin tempt us, but God tests us. And in one translation or one version or commentary, it says, God didn't want Isaac's life. He wanted Abraham's heart. And what he was asking Abraham to do in this moment, he says, Abraham, do you really trust me? I told you some good news long ago, and you believed me by faith, and you left your home to do it. And we've had some bumps along the way, Abraham, but I told you this great promise. Do you trust me with the promise? Not only do you trust me with your son, your beloved son, your only son, and what he means by that, because he's got two kids, It's the son in whom the blessing will come from, the son in whom all of things will be fulfilled from, the son in whom you've longed and prayed for for many years. Abraham, do you trust me in my word? Do you trust me with the good things of your life? Abraham, do you trust me with your happiness? Abraham, do you trust me with your blessing? Do you trust me with your prosperity? Abraham, do you trust me in all things? We've had a 25-year journey now. Have you understood who I am and how good I am? Do you trust me with your promise? Christian, do you trust God there is a home before you beyond this earth that God has a plan for your life? Do you trust him with your blessings, your your comings and your goings? And Abraham had two contradictory words. Number one, God said Isaac had to live and through Isaac he'd be blessed. So that was one word. But on the other hand, he says Isaac has to die. So God, you just told me Isaac has to live for years, and now you're telling me Isaac has to die. So what do I do? So instead of just saying, well, I'm going to pick one, 
or like sometimes we do, I'm just going to give up, I'm going to quit. God, you said this about my life. God, you said that about my life. Lord, your word says this, but I'm going through that. God, you said I could be victorious over sin, but Lord, I keep habitually sinning. God, you said my joy would be full in the midst of trials and temptations, but Lord, I feel like a piece of junk right now, and I don't feel right, I don't act right. My life's chaos. And we've got these two contradictory promises with Abraham. What does he do? Choose one or the other? Forget the whole thing. This God's crazy. He's trying to tell me to kill my kid. I mean, right? He believes them both. He believes them both. The Bible tells us in Hebrews that Abraham reckoned that God would raise his son up from the dead. And if you look at that a little deeper in that text, number one, Abraham doesn't even question. He hears God in the evening. God says, hey, kill your kid. The next morning, he gets up and he saddles his donkey, makes some breakfast, Gets his eggs and bacon and goes. Doesn't question, doesn't argue, doesn't debate. He just leaves. I'd have a problem. Me personally, I'm not there yet. And promptly he goes out. He listens to God's voice along the way. He could hear God now. He didn't wonder, is this the right mountain? Is that the right mountain? No, he knew what God's voice sounded like. He never took a secondary sacrifice. He didn't have a backup plan. God, this is what you told me to do with my life, but, you know, I've got a plan B in case it just doesn't work out. He didn't take a ram with him, didn't take another sacrifice with him. He had no backup plan but the voice of God. That was his whole life. How about you today? Is there a backup plan if this Christian thing doesn't work out? If my marriage doesn't work out? If this thing doesn't work out? God, if this job that you've given me doesn't work out? I've got a backup plan. I've got something else in mind. This is how this is going to work if this doesn't happen. And he even told the two servants he went with him, he says, me and the lad will return. We are going to go worship, and we are going to return. That's faith right there, y'all. I mean, that's faith, believing. God said, I'm going to, my son's going to live, my son's going to die, but hey, guess what? We're going to come back. We're both going to come back down this mountain one way or the other. God is not going to get, tell me to bring my limp dead son back down this mountain because he promised me this, and I'm going to stand upon the promises of God no matter what lo- looks like around me, no matter what the situations or circumstances are. This is the word of God, and I know God never lies. I know God never lies. And so what happens here is Abraham has had some tests of faith in his life that are beginning to reveal the true character of not Abraham, but of who God is. You see, the story is not about you. It's about God and how you'll let God shine through you. So Abraham had tons of failures, but he finally realized who God was. And the word in Hebrew for faith means steadfastness. He knew not that his faith was steadfast, but that God's word was steadfast. And no matter what he would go through in his life, God was always for him and not against him. And maybe you're in that place today. And one author says it this way, faith sees the invisible. It believes the incredible and then it receives the impossible. I'll say that again. Faith sees the invisible It believes the incredible, and then it receives the impossible. Because Abraham had a lifelong faith. Because it wasn't just saving faith that stayed there. It wasn't the kind of faith that just stayed there when God called him. But it was a faith that was willing to work with God over 25 years and keep on getting to know God and keep on letting God shine through Abraham's life despite his mistakes, despite his doubts, despite his insecurities. He would learn and tell the world, my God is steadfast. 
My God's word is sure. My God is good. Romans 4, 8 says that when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept on hoping. hoping. His faith, it never wavered. Instead, it grew stronger. Paul's talking about that 25 years. The 25 years of not knowing what God was doing and making tons of mistakes. He says in that, and I would look at that and say, what are you talking about, Paul? Abraham's faith wavered all over the place. He doubted God twice, and he almost messed it up a few times, and his wife told him to have a kid. How, what do you mean his faith never wavered? He's saying he never lost true hope. You know what? You can make mistakes today, but you can still be hoping in God. You can, you can work with God, and God's going to work with you and say, God, I still trust the promise. Lord, I know I've made a mistake, but I'm still willing to keep on writing this story if you'll have me. That's a life of repentance. That's a life of faith. That's a life of trusting God. James 1, 3 says, The testing of your faith, it produces endurance. And in chapter 2, he says that it's these tests that made Abraham's faith complete. Abraham and his faith grew up. It was a maturing. But why? 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 You ever wonder that sometimes in the Bible? Why, God, did you... Put this guy through all this. God, why would you put me through this? Lord, why did I have to have an abusive father? God, why did I have to have, you know, an absent mother? God, why did I have to go through these things? And Lord, why after getting saved, have I haven't seen all my family come to Jesus yet? Or God, why after going through all this stuff, Lord, I, you promised me all my kids would be saved. Or God, you promised me, Lord, that you would take care of me financially. But Lord, I'm not seeing that right now. Why, Lord? Why? Watch this. Look at Abraham's story. You see, it wasn't about Abraham. It was about God. And your life, let me tell you, spoiler alert, is not about you. It's about God. Your story is not about your story. It's about God's story. Because way back when, Abraham, he began a journey. And God said, Abraham, if you'll let me write your story, it's going to be a good one. And if you'll let God write your story today, it's going to be a good one too. And watch what happens in Abraham's life because Abraham became this great illustration to the whole world of God's love through Jesus Christ. His faith was revealing, and his faith revealed some awesome things. Are you ready? Let's look at Isaac and Christ because the Bible shows us types and shadows of things to come. And what God was not just revealing to Abraham, but through Abraham's story, would reveal to the world Jesus Christ. Look at this. Isaac and Christ, this son of promise. Both Scripture says Isaac and Christ were born both at the proper time. It says that both were sons of promise and both were born miraculously. Both were persecuted by their brothers. Both Isaac and Christ were loved by their fathers exclusively. Yet neither father withheld his hand from his son. In fact, God the Father was delivering up Christ for us all, Romans 8.32 says. And both sons, it says, walked with their fathers to that place. I can imagine on that day where Jesus was going to the cross, and the Bible says that Abraham walked with his son up that mountain. I know that God the Father, just like Abraham was walking his son to the place of sacrifice, God the Father had been with His Son through the testings and the trials and the arrest, and He had been with Him through the beating, and now He was walking with Him up that road, walking hand in hand with Him. It says that they walked together to that place. God the Father walked with Christ to that place. 
And in fact, that very mountain that Isaac climbed, Mount Moriah, this day we would know it as the hill of Jerusalem. It's the very place where Christ, thousands of years later, would be sacrificed literally. And so God had symbolically taken Abraham thousands of years in advance to the very place he foreknew I would give my own son. How awesome is that in the word of God? Mount Moriah is that same place of Jerusalem. And the Bible says that Isaac went up between two servants. The Bible tells us that Christ was hung between two criminals. Isaac, it says, carried the wood on his shoulders. And the Bible says that Christ bore our sins on his body on the cross. They both bore the wood that day. Both sons that day became a voluntary sacrifice and laid their life willingly down for their father. And moreover, both sons even questioned their fathers about this sacrifice. And Jesus that day would say, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The Bible says, though, that Isaac was saved by a lamb. And the Bible says that you and I, too, are all saved by a sacrificial lamb. And his name is Jesus Christ. And through all of this, Isaac, the Bible says, was Hebrews says that Isaac actually was resurrected in a sense that God had reborn him in that moment, that he had literally would have died, but yet God saved him and gave him a new life. And the Bible says that in a sense Isaac was resurrected, and through Isaac the whole line of Abraham was saved. And now today, because of Christ's resurrection, all of humanity can be a child of faith like Abraham. You and I all will be resurrected on that last day because the true Isaac, the true lamb, was resurrected. And finally, get this, this is the last one. The next time you'll see Isaac in Scripture after this moment, he'll be receiving his bride in the next couple of chapters. And the Bible says for you and I today, the next time you and I are going to see Christ, he's going to be receiving his bride, the church of Jesus Christ. And that's some awesome storytelling. I don't know about you. When God begins to write your story, it begins to reveal Jesus Christ to the whole world. And how has God been writing your story this last several years, these last weeks, these last months? Is your story revealing faith to the whole world in Jesus Christ? It was not about Abraham's story. It was about revealing Jesus Christ to the world. So we started out at saving faith. And even though we had some failures of faith, we ended with revealing faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of Promise, would come and save us all. It's awesome when God writes your story. Much better than I could ever write my own story. God, write my story. And next time you have that major trauma in your life, maybe today you're going through that major event, maybe there's some major things that have happened to you, maybe there's been some failures of faith, maybe there's been a time of testing in your life, maybe God has asked you to give up some things, or maybe some things have been taken away from you. This is the perfect opportunity when God's testing you to say, God, write my story. Write the story of faith that you would reveal Jesus Christ to the world. You know what, church? Somebody may be watching you today go through that trial you're in. Somebody may be watching you today on how you handle that marital problem, how you handle that problem with your kids, how you handle that test of faith with the loss in your life, how you handle the financial situation you're in and looking for a job. Who's your faith revealing Christ to? Because God's plan is to bless you in Christ so that you can bless others with Christ. Do you have that lifelong faith? Are you listening to the voice of God, following Him every step of the way and saying, this is where I want you to go. 
This is what I want you to do. Trust me, my way is good. It's pleasing. It's perfect. I will, let's, let me write your story. My will is to bless you and give you your reward. I'll close with this. In Hebrews 11, verse 6 says this, It's impossible to please God without faith. And anyone who comes to God must come believing He exists and that He rewards those who diligently, sincerely seek Him. All Abraham did was believe that God wanted to reward him for nothing he ever did. Never did anything. God, you chose me simply by grace. God, I believe you want to reward me. And God, I'm going to trust you to write my story. I'm going to trust you by faith. And maybe you're making mistakes today. Maybe there's been hang-ups and hurts and habits in your life. Maybe there's been things you've gone through that haven't been so pretty that your story doesn't sound so perfect. Let me tell you, the father of faith story doesn't sound perfect either. But when he got to a place where he said, God, I'm ready for you to write my story. And God began to reveal Jesus Christ to the whole world. And the world's never been the same since. Because he came. He loved. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. Every head bowed, every eye closed. And you're here today. I want to pray over you. What's your story telling the world today? What's your faith telling the world? Is God writing your story Are you hung up on some mistakes you've made or maybe you're still making? Maybe you need to learn how to take that next step of faith and trust God. Lord, keep writing my story. If I look at your life today and the whole world looks at your life today, do they see Jesus Christ like we see Jesus Christ in the story of Abraham and his son Isaac? Can I look at you and how you handle the circumstances you're going through? Can I see faith that shows me Jesus Christ is your reward, that you believe in God who gives you the promise, that you realize you can't earn your way into heaven. You realize you never deserved it, but by faith you believe in the grace of God. And because of that, God counts you righteous. God calls you holy because you believe by faith in the grace of God. You believe it so much you're willing to change your life to receive it. You believe it so much, you're willing to leave this sin, and you choose to leave your old life, and you choose to leave this sin, and you choose to go through every trial and circumstance to overcome doubt and disbelief and impatience and seasons of waiting because you're not going to give up on the promise of God that He is for you and He is not against you. He loves you. His will is to bless you, to prosper you, to give you a future and a hope. And you say, God, I'm pushing aside sin. I'm pushing aside shame. I'm pushing, pushing aside regret. And all the things that have ever happened to me in my life before that have been bad and against your plan. Lord, I'm pushing aside my own mistakes, my own failures, my own inadequacies, God. I know you're gracious to get me there, Lord. I'm trusting you to get me there, God, to the place of blessing, to the place of promise. Lord, I want Jesus Christ to be shining in my life I want people to look at me and see how I overcome that difficulty. They see Jesus Christ.